And we're back. Is this, is this how uh, audit, uh, DJs feel like that? Yes. They're, when they're like, "Oh, there's a there's a gap in the music, and I have to say something. <laughs> Let me uh, say something terribly and feel awkward the entire time." Except they're way more comfortable. Well, yeah, they're used to it. Substantially. <laughs> well, because nobody's going to see their face. Right. And it's like, ah, eh, well, you know, the Christian radio stations are the worst about it. Yeah. Alright everybody, well, I'm going to tell you the story that is supposed to be inspirational, but it's just going to be lame. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the topic for the day is the frenzy, feeding frenzy, is over. Is it over? <laughs> uh, the real topic should be loaded questions. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm going I'm to tell you from my perspective, um, this is where the individual markets are starting to kick in yeah. uh, because we, like it's been a nationwide feeding frenzy um, and some places are finally softening up. And, you know, my opinion is that's a good thing ultimately. Um, so uh, is it over? Uh, not entirely, but there are definitely, you're starting to see hotter spots and cooler spots. Um, and I think uh, buyers and sellers, uh, probably sellers more than anything else, need to be aware that that like just throw my house on the market. I'm definitely going to get uh, you know ten offers. I'm definitely going to get over ask. Like those days are they're starting to get uh, in the rear view. And so um, I think the point here and what we try to do here is just set expectations for sellers that. Um, you know there are a few still hot spots, but don't be surprised if your if your agent uh, tells you, "Hey, this might be a two or three week, God forbid, sure. you know, process trying to get trying mm-hmm. to get your household or or longer," because that's that's more normal, and we're certainly starting to see that. I think some people might even be refreshed by it, you know, because like right now it's just like, all right, the that's like the expectation is, uh, okay, on this is all you're going to think about for. The next five days, you know, like, and we're going to have to make a huge decision Monday that's going to also be a convoluted decision and hope that you make the right one because if not, you're going to have to go back and do it all over again versus it being like, all right, you know, we've gotten some offers. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. You know, let's, we can continue to wait. We can respond to these offers, you know, kind of deal. Right. I've, I've gotten away from the idea of, what I call auctioning off a house on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's back to more like a first come, first serve. Um, and, and truth be told, I like that process better anyway because the first people to look at it, when it's, hey, this isn't due until Sunday, it gives them all weekend to go find something better or, or different or yeah. change their mind. Where, you know, I'd, I'd rather if somebody's interested to go ahead and put in, you know, their offer. And so sure. it, it does change that approach, but it also, the frenzy, um, you know, getting a bunch of offers, it does come in convoluted mm-hmm. and the buyer and seller are forced to make this super rapid choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not good for everyone. I think we mentioned before, like the, uh, the buyer's remorse rate is kind of high. Yeah. The seller's remorse rate is kind of high too, because they, you know, they, you have to make such a split decision. It's right. still a little more in the seller's favor. They've got still the higher leverage. But we think it's better for everyone that the, the frenzy, yeah. you know, slows down a little bit. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it also puts things in a lot, um, things are a lot more attainable 
especially on the on the buyer side because that seems to be like one of the biggest sentiments that I've heard is I have all this equity in my house, but I don't have I don't have anywhere to go. So on one hand, you're like just because you have equity, that may or may might not be the most the best motivating factor to sell your house, mm-hmm. but if I have equity and I've always wanted a bigger house or my family's growing or we need to move or blah, 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 whatever it is, uh, not having anywhere to go is, is a big restriction to making a transition that three years ago, that's a, that's a normal transition. Right. And it's a relatively doable transition unless you're going from, you know, a market that's like, you know, Boston, New York, San Francisco, LA, that's been like this for a decade, maybe, if not at least years. Right. Uh, if you're going from here to there, then you will have that same issue. But in most cases, in most regular places, it was you know a fairly normal you know buy sell. You can move up, you can move down. Things are available, and we're just the things that are available is, is still you know the biggest limiting factor that we're seeing. Right, and, and the fundamental shortage of inventory is is still going to persist. We think um, competitive bids is going to persist. We're just simply saying that the, you know, the freight train of buyers coming through an open house is slowing down. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the literal five to 10 offers at a time is slowing down. Mm-hmm. And so kind of the point of this discussion is, starting to prepare people yeah. like for a normal market again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, it's not that the houses are going down in value. It's not that your house is necessarily harder to sell. Right. Um, it's just that kind of don't expect that, you know, that piranha uh, yeah. thing where you dangle the, the house in the water and it's just chomped up. Yeah. Right. And we, we see that, in you know local Atlanta, there's still I mean there's still spots off around Marietta where mm-hmm. you know it's still like that. But um, in downtown, south of town, well north of town, it's normalizing a little bit. Yeah. Right. And then once you get down to that lower price point too, kind mm-hmm. of that three fifty and under, sure, is where the, that that's the new hot investor house. Mm-hmm. And so they're still going quick. Sure. But once you get above that. We are seeing it slowing down a bit. Yeah, yeah, and those low ranges have always been probably always been the most competitive, right? Because right. it's you got investors, right. first-time home buyers, lower income, mm-hmm. all of them are all duking it out for the yeah. same houses. Over the last couple of years, you've seen that you've seen an upshift in those, and with the low rates, and then um, you know that just kind of intensified, and it caused that you know, what used to be the 250 and under mm-hmm. to really kind of just shift to mm-hmm. where there's the 150 and under doesn't exist. Right. Even with trailers. Yeah. Which is a, which is a, a like a whole continuum. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Where do you, where do you see the trend going as far as slowing down? Or maybe I should say, what should we be looking for in regards to like, as the interest rate moves, how far does it need to go? Where would, you know, I'm suspecting like. That's a, two, a million dollar question. I, right? Well, it's, <laughs> it's one, it's, it's, I agree. It's it, one, right. it's where is it going? But two, what would it take to actually go 
to get it to a normal market, which is like a two to three months to sell a home. Like, where do you think it would need to go? Because we still have an inventory shortage. Right. Exactly. So yeah. it, this is it, this is kind of, I'm, I'm kind of spitballing when I say this, but I think we'd have to almost see eight, 9% to see a flat market because of, because of the inventory. Yeah. I, don't, I still almost sometimes don't even know how much. Obviously, for obvious reasons, the interest rate goes up, people's buying power goes down. So there are some people that just straight by interest rates are going to get taken out of the market. Right. Right. Which is, you know, isn't that's expected. That's, you know, kind of part of part of the game. Mm. But part of me wonders like if you still have suppressed inventory, it just means that the people who can afford it, you know, can still get in get in houses. Maybe right. maybe there's not like you're you're at two offers or one offer and maybe you get a little off of asking right. price. But I still think that because there's limited inventory, people will still buy knowing when we don't have 7% inflation and we don't have crazy stuff going on in the world, that interest rate's probably going to go back towards the fives or sixes and mm-hmm. they'll just refinance from 8.9 to 5.6 mm-hmm. yep. and keep cruising because they qualified at 8.9 so they'll easily qualify it. Yeah. And that's a good point is that the buyers who need to buy are still going to buy. And right. it, the, the number, that pool is 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 shrinking. Um, but really, what it does more than it, it doesn't eliminate people as much as it simply pushes them down in price a little bit. Right. So to your point, Elliot, the the... The lower the lower priced houses three fifty to four those are now more competitive because those the people that were looking at five hundred are now looking at four fifty because yeah. their payment that's what their payment now gets them but they're still looking and buying it I think the key point there is because the interest rates have gone up doesn't mean people have dropped off the buying pool entirely they've yeah. just shifted their focus a little right. bit yeah, down yeah, in price yeah, yeah. and that lower price range is still. Uh, the inventory is still extremely low. I mean, I would even say that 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 inventory in that price bracket is even lower than some of the other price brackets. Maybe even that five, six, seven yeah. range. I feel like that range, specifically in this market that we're in, uh, probably has the most saturation. Yeah. Whereas right. above and below, you know, yeah. There's, so there's nothing. So to, to kind of uh, surmise what you're saying, um, the higher what we saw last year was. All price points were all uber competitive, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And they were all feeding frenzies mm-hmm. from three hundred mm-hmm. to eight hundred. It kind of didn't matter right. because you know the race rates, rates were so low, inventory yeah. so low. Yeah. We're what we're seeing is a little softening on the top end mm-hmm. because obviously the interest rates has the highest impact on those, yeah. but it's forcing buyers down in price because they're still buying they're just mm-hmm. it's just pressing compressing their mm-hmm. the value of their money and the value of their payment and so the lower price homes are getting more competitive the mm-hmm. competition is kind of shifting from the higher price points to yeah. the lower price points rather than just like overall everything's sinking or right. just simply people are just pushing their timelines out because right. maybe you can right. still qualify but you need another year to save up a, the extra down payment that you'll need right. to go from a you know a five percent down to a twenty percent down right. or, so, or something like that. Or you know, like I think and deal and buyer fatigue is 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 a real thing. You know, people get frustrated and discouraged and stuff when they 
feel like what they what they should be able to find they can't find or mm-hmm. they can't win. It's it's hard on us because you know we have to end up what we would hope would normally be like a two three offer cycle could be. Mm-hmm. You could go through thirty offers with one buyer depending on where they're at. And to your point, uh, in our last podcast, we talked about the bubble popping and we talked mm-hmm. about people sitting on the sidelines, mm-hmm. kind of waiting for the bubble to pop. Yeah. And I think as a group, we agree that there's not, a, you know, there's not a bubble that's just going to burst and everybody loses all their equity and all that. But I would message to the folks sitting on the sideline, if you're waiting for something, uh, waiting for the frenzy to die off so that you have a chance, like... Um, that makes a little bit more sense, and right. and, and we're starting to see that. Right. I think I think right. you know we know that summer is the hot the hot season, of course. right? And so we we kind of expect the competitiveness to go through the summer. But once school starts back up, like if you're if you've been sitting on the sideline, uh, one either waiting for the bubble, which probably isn't going to happen the way people think it's going to unfold, to where it actually saves you money, or if you just don't want to fight the crowds. Like I don't like to go to the mall when it's busy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to try to buy a house when I know I'm just going to be up against, you yeah. know, eight, you know, 10 other bids. Yeah. Probably the end of the summer is going to be a, a real active time for folks that have been kind of waiting for things to chill sure. a yeah. little bit, for, it, at least to avoid the Uber competition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we see that opening up yeah. for sure. So what is, uh, I think also kind of what the question, one of the questions is, is what does this mean for like seller perspective as they're going into summer and then maybe moving their way out of the summer? I, I think it's just setting their expectation of, of traffic. Yeah, yeah, curbing the expectation so that, right. you know, you don't get yeah. your seller's hopes up that they're going to receive multiple offers. Yeah. They could only receive one. Could be a, a great offer. But, you know, it could only be one offer. Sure. Um, yeah, or like the, the expectation of, yeah, this might go for 100000 over asking. Like right. we had a recent client in another state where it's still just bananas. Mm-hmm. That, you know, normally I've seen and heard people say that the average consumer is normally on the tail end of whatever's current. So, like, that, what's that saying about when you start getting... Uh, stock tips from your shoeshine boy it's time to get out right. it's like it's not to say anything's wrong with shoeshine boy because I'm sure there's plenty that have just, that have killed it in the market but once it you know works its way through the news and then Facebook and then your grandma hears about it when grandma is like oh do you know that the, uh, your house is going to sell for 100000 more than what it was right. and you're like yeah. Like I, I see it every day. Right. Too it might too late, Grandma. Yeah. That was that was true six months ago. That was true when the rates were right. at essentially zero. Right. Not, not now. And right. cer- certainly, kind of what we're seeing is um, the same customer wanting to play both sides. So they they go, hey, I, great time to sell, right? I can top dollar, right? Absolutely. If you know, I'll get multiple bids, right? Okay. So we go through the sale process. Okay, I want to buy a house. Well, I hear it's softening, right? So I can. So I can, I should be able to get it, you know, get a sweet little deal, right? Because mm-hmm. interest rates are up, right? <laughs> yeah. And so um, this is, under. yeah, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I should be able to get a deal, right? And so that what we're seeing is we're right in that 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 kind of gray area where they're they're getting the the you know the national you know feedback, if you will, news and all that. And it, right now we're in that area where both sides are hearing, oh, it's still a great time to sell. Oh, there's still multiple bids. Oh, it's softening. Oh, so. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to play both sides of that. Like you can't get, you know, ten bids on your house and then expect to get a steal yeah. on the next mm-hmm. one. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, and, I mean, you can, you, it can be done if you're playing the market, like going from New York or to moving, or maybe York moving markets on purpose, like or or going from Alpharetta to Dahlonega, mm-hmm. just because mm-hmm. the demand is lower because yep. it's there's not as many people, population density is lower. But yeah, that's I think that's a great kind of conversation to have. People think it's a great point. Is you know there is a people have a paradoxical perspective, right? And you kind of have to be like, yes, we could go over and we mm-hmm. could get a deal, but the chances are you're probably going to pay a receive and pay a fair value for whatever it is, right? But you know, we we also saw a year ago, maybe a year and a half. Anything would sell, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. yeah. Within, I mean, like if it was absolutely falling apart, it was condemned. I mean, obviously right. that probably. I mean, it probably would have sold. Just yeah. wouldn't sold if it was priced right. From yeah, if it was priced right. right. Yeah. But you know, the hey, let me uh, do absolutely nothing to my house. Right. Let take all the furniture out and let all the DIY scars show oh, right. in all their glory, right. and still get a, a bidding war. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that's over. Yeah, that, that, yeah I think that, that part is about sitting it. Now. Yeah. They will sit. And and the problem, too, is, like you said, we're on the tail end of this market, and most consumers are still not up to date with what's currently happening in the market. Mm-hmm. And so when they see a house sitting, there's something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Whether there is or isn't, right. if it sat on the market for more than two weeks, yeah. well, what's going on? I thought houses were going in a week. Right. What's wrong with this one? Yeah. yeah. I, I agree that, yeah. um, that it's so another if you're not sharp. You know. That's another point of like setting expectations. Now, if you see something that's been on the market for two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe there's not anything wrong with it. I mean, a year ago, it was like, yeah. if it's been on two weeks, then it must have something wrong with it because right. 100 people have looked at it and none right. of them have decided to right. buy it. Where now, being on two, being on two weeks, like it, in a normal market, that's still a lightning fast sale. Yeah. And to where now, if you see it, you, should, you shouldn't just swipe past it. Right, um, right. that's consumers. still probably viable right but right. You, you, what you're saying is like the the kind of the general the average consumer mm-hmm. mentality is is kind of about a year old which was if it's been on for two weeks it's yeah there's yeah. something majorly wrong what's, yeah. what's wrong with yeah. that what's wrong yeah. with it yeah. Yeah. yeah which just plays into you know stress to to the sellers that right. you need to prepare yeah Pre- prepare it if you sure. want top dollar you gotta yeah. you gotta prepare and if you want top dollar you, you have to put your best foot forward, prepare your home accordingly yeah. so that you can sell it in that first yeah. week or so. Right. So that yeah. you can be a little bit better than the rest right. of the competition sure. there. Right. So the selling it without touching it thing, like that's where you know, if you talk about the real mechanics of what kind of what's slowing down, it's the selling an unprepared home. Yeah, That's really yeah. a nice home is still going to sell real fast. Yeah. We, we're doing, doing that all day. Yeah. Um, but the... And so if you properly prepare your home, you still are going to sell it quickly, probably. Yeah. But if, if, if it's been on for two weeks, it doesn't mean it's, you know, you know, rotten. It just means, um, that house is probably not tip top shape, but it doesn't mean it's rotten sure. either. And, or it could be something as simple as they had the initial offers and people made offers so fast and so hard. Yep. That they either withdrew. Mm-hmm. There's people that'll walk away from their earnest money if they don't take put mm-hmm. enough down because yeah. they know I'll walk away from a thousand dollars. Right. Yep. And and, it, and so that two weeks later, you could be like, oh, they actually got five six offers. Mm-hmm. Just 
then either the offers really weren't that good, the offers withdrew, or they kind of mismanaged the decision-making process. And right. those people who would have actually bought the house have mm-hmm. moved on to the next one. Right. Yeah, and I, uh, I have that uh, kind of seller's agent fear that somebody will back out of, you know, for whatever reason, you know, their, you know, their grandma got sick, so they just can't, you know, proceed or whatever. But now that ate up seven days on the market. And so now the stigma starts to be attached for no reason other than just, you know, situational stuff. And, um, and now you've, now you've got something that's perfectly well and good, but it looked like 14 days, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's hard for the average consumer to, 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 it's just a number they see on the market. They certainly don't know what's happening in the background. You couldn't sure. expect them to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be encouraging folks that are looking for homes if they're saving a home on their search site. Like keep keep all of those in mind. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And and you can watch them. And if it's been on for a couple of weeks, you should be asking, "Hey, why is it there?" Right. And you know that still looks quite viable to me. Right. Yeah. And your agent can always call. You know the the selling agent and find out why. Yeah. Oh, oh, an offer fell through. Okay. Yeah. Well, now it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, right now we're like quick to update a, a mm-hmm. listing to say, "Hey, offer fell through. No fault to the seller. House right. is so awesome. Right. Still right. come yeah. and see it." Right. But yeah. we have to do that to kind of mitigate the damage of sure. you know a couple extra days yeah. on market or at least what people see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's and people, I think you can't also you also have to prepare like the buyers that. Remember that two weeks doesn't necessarily mean that it's an absolute peace. Like, and it also doesn't mean that somebody's going to take half. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, uh, uh, yeah. And I think that's where some people have fallen into traps with investors is the investor thing. So it's didn't go for the feeding frenzy. So now I can just slide in for nothing. And I don't, it, I mean, if it needs a lot of work, I would guess, yeah. Or they're super desperate and there are those cases, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody that a pr- house that's priced appropriately isn't going to also sell for that price. It just won't sell for that price in two days. It'll take two weeks, right. or three weeks, or whatever. We had that. You had that house in uh, Timber Ridge. Yeah, that sold for a great price. Brand new house. Right? Brand new house. It just it was a neighborhood that it wasn't a cookie cutter neighborhood. Right. It was a neighborhood that people had to. You had to really be into the neighborhood, and and, and it was in a, a location that. You know, some people will live and some people won't. Right. It wasn't in this, like, the Manhattan right. where everybody wants to be and it's all going in. Right. So, you know, that took how long, I think? Yeah, 35 days it was on the market. 35 days. Right. But solid offer. Yeah, great. Solid deal. Looks yep. like everything's going yep. in. So. Yeah. And, and that's just the point is that um, the house, there might not be anything actually wrong. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, situational and so we should be expecting to see the days on the market trend up. Sure. And that should just be normal. I mean, 10, 12, 15 days on market should be, you know, in, in fact, that's still fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, by any normal, you know, standard. Yeah. And um, so just as a buyer or a seller, just ex- start expecting those times to go up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that... A little bit of patience, just a little bit, will pay off for the buyers and the sellers. Yeah, absolutely. Just a little bit. I think, like, the last also piece of the puzzle we've discussed before we wrap up is, you know, taking that um, consolation kind of 
consultant kind of approach with the sellers to say like, all right, your house, how do we present the best product, but mm -hmm. also do it in a way that's economical because we know that like building materials are through the roof. It's hard to get contractors, you know, like what cost $4,000 to paint two years ago costs $7,000 to paint. So like kind of talking through, you know, what's the return on investment, the risk versus reward. And in, cause you know, a year and a half ago, you didn't have to do anything. So if you spent five thousand dollars, it's just meant five thousand dollars less of of what you're going to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Now it's kind of like one of those things of we had Johnny had one recently. Also, the house was it was very lived in. I think mm -hmm. is the nicest way to say yeah. it. and it just needed a coat of paint. Right. So like that's one of those things like that three four thousand dollars whatever how much mm -hmm. it cost that was necessary. To sell the home. So I think us talking through and having somebody who understands those dynamics, and that's one of the ways that we can bring a lot of value as people's representative is to help them. I'm not going to, in most cases, I'm not going to tell you exactly what you have to do, but we will talk through, here's all the options, here's all the things, here's the pluses and minuses, let's make a, a comprehensive plan that is going to have the results that you want. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, our bottom line that that house you brought up was a great example because um, it was a house. What, what we what we're going to do is say this is what you could do to maximize, put your best foot forward to make this home most saleable. Now, do you have to do all of that? Not necessarily. We're just explaining how to maximize value, and then certainly there's an, a little bit of an investment there. You got to put money in. And we'll help break that down, sure. right? We're not saying you need to spend 50 to get an extra 20 out of it. We wouldn't no. you know, consult that way. Yeah. But the house you just mentioned, it really was a coat of paint away from being worth probably 20, 25,000 more. Doesn't mm -hmm. cost anywhere near that to paint yeah. the house. And once we talked to the sellers and they agreed and did the work and now it looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great example of we consult, we're going to tell you, you know, what it's going to take to get there. Yeah. Um, and then you just have a conversation about, you know, what's actually doable and where the return is. Mm -hmm. And your motivations as a seller just might not be to do that. Yeah. But you have to understand that the, the you know, the feeding frenzy and the ability to sell unprepared homes, that's waning. Yeah. And so you can, you can just understand you can't sell an unprepared home for top dollar like you could before. Yeah. Right. I think that's, uh, that sums it up. <laughs> Well said. Well said. Thanks for joining us again on the podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear your comments. If you have questions, topic ideas, whatever. Um, you know, this is something that we do to try to educate. What was that? Like, like subscribe. Oh, yeah, like, subscribe. <laughs> no, but, you know, this is kind of something new we're doing, but I'm not, I, I speak for myself personally. And I think I, they, uh, Elliot and Johnny reflect is like something that I enjoy doing. Yeah. But also, is a good way to connect. So, you know, um, it's also to connect with you. So be part of the conversation and uh, we'd love to have you. All right. Good job, boys. Woo. <laughs>